Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're tuned in to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday afternoon uh, with you live on the sixth day of June as we find ourselves into summer and into the summer season. I pray you're doing well and that you're blessed. And if you have opportunity to give me a call, I'd love to talk to you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I'd love to just encourage you, bless you any way that I can, take you to the Word of God. And I certainly will do that as you ask your questions. And then also just to be able to uh, encourage you in the things of the Lord as we go to His Word, as we go to the throne of grace, as you call with your prayer requests. And so give me a call. Call-in number is 303-690-3000, and that is the call-in number. And then also the text line for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request is 720-336-0897, and that is for texting only. And that is a prayer line for you to text in a prayer request 24-7. And the prayer team and the uh, pastoral team at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, will be praying for you. But during the shows, we have time. I'd love to just pray with you, encourage you any way that we can. So all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I want to welcome all those who are listening in on Grace FM in Colorado today along the Front Range up in the southern Wyoming. Also, those who are listening live uh, on uh, higher, uh, that is Radio by Grace, many stations across the nation, whether you're on the East Coast and it's evening time or on the West Coast and it's the middle of the afternoon, give me a call. We're we're here and we're available. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And also, those of you who are listening online, we got those who are listening from the four corners of the country, uh, from Florida up to Washington and New England states to Southern California. So we'd love to to minister to you and, and converse with you. This really is your show. So give me a call. Anywhere in the United States, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. My name is Jeff Figs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. I usually host on Monday and on Tuesday. So let's let's talk about the things of the Lord and the things that are important to you. So give me a call. There is a week delayed for those on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio. And as you call in, we'll have our conversation, and then you get to uh, listen to it a week later. So give me a call, and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. You know, it's it's a very uh, wonderful uh, day for us here, a uh, week for us at Calvary Chapel Greeley. If you're somewhere in, you know, another part of the country new to, to Calvary Live, because uh, those of you who are listening online, or those of you perhaps that are listening to Radio by Grace in the South, perhaps on the East Coast, maybe Hope Truth FM, 
you may be wondering where Greeley, Colorado is. It's in northern Colorado, where I am uh, broadcasting from. And uh, we are having our vacation Bible school this week in one of the regional parks. And uh, it's such a tremendous blessing to, to minister to the kids. Those of you who listen to Grace FM and my radio program, Under the Fig Tree, right before Calvary Live, you have heard the advertisement that we've done at the end of the show on our children's festival or our vacation Bible school. And we had our first day today, and it was it's such a joy to be back in the park in Island Grove Regional Park. That's where the Greeley Stampede is. Many of you in Colorado, you come up for the Greeley Stampede later on in the month, but we're having it there in the park. We're having an outreach, and it's so good to be back. The last time we were there was 2019, before the COVID uh, you know, pandemic outbreak and parks closed down and everything else. So we weren't in the park the last two years. Last year, we had it back at the church, and the the park was closed to us, but we did have it last year. But it was so good to be back in Island Grove, to be reaching out to the community, to be ministering to the kids. It gives me such joy to be able to do that. And uh, the theme of Vacation Bible School this year is from Psalm 139. One of the things that we do is we always write our own curriculum. We pray, we seek the Lord uh, at the beginning of the year, right after New Year's Day. We begin to talk about and to pray about uh, what our theme is going to be for Vacation Bible School, even though it's six months uh, in advance and and later on in June. In January, you're usually not thinking about things that take place in June. Uh, And so we begin to seek the Lord on that, and he really made it clear this year that the theme was Psalm 139, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord, and that's the truth that we want to get into our kids. And so that's what we're teaching them. What a joy it was to be able to minister to them, to talk to them, to uh, be able to uh, give them the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you're in the Greeley area, bring them. We got Tuesday, Wednesday. You can bring them at 930 at Island Grove Park, and we'll minister to them. And it's just been a blessing uh, to see the body of Christ come together um, as parents, as uh, the youth has come to help. So many volunteers, those guys who have uh, taken time off of work to to help with security and just uh, be able to watch, uh, you know, the, uh, make sure that the kids are safe out there. Uh, it's a beautiful work of the body of Christ, and, and that's the way the body of Christ should work. So um, just encouraged in what I saw today and kids coming to Christ. And remember that Jesus said, don't forbid the children to come, for such are the kingdom of God. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get a minute. But I want to encourage you to give me a call and to um, to talk about the things of the Lord, to ask your questions. We've got two open lines so 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Again, welcome everyone that's tuned in today on this Monday afternoon or evening, wherever you're at. And Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. We're going to go to Charleston, South Carolina, where Joe is on line one. Hey, Joe. How Good. How are you? Okay, Pastor, I had uh, a discussion with somebody today who's a Jehovah Witness, and I couldn't find it in the Bible where she said to me that Jesus was uh, made from Michael the Archangel. She said, it's in the Bible. I said, no, it's not. I said, I know the Bible pretty well, and there's nowhere in there that it says that Michael the Archangel turned into Jesus Christ. I said, Jesus is one of the, the three parts of, the, of God. 
I said, where did you see that? And she said, no, it's in the Bible. And I didn't want to argue with her. But I was trying to say, she keeps saying it was in the Bible. And it's in anywhere in the Bible that's, that's something even close that Michael the Archangel yeah. turned into Jesus. Yeah. Well, Joe, you gave the right answer because the Jehovah Witnesses have been known to identify Jesus as Michael the Archangel. And um, one of the reasons is, is is because Michael was called the chief prince of God's people and the protector of the people of Israel. And so they uh, somehow equate that to uh, Michael the Archangel. But as we look at the whole of Scripture, we know that Jesus is not Michael the Archangel. Uh, Michael uh, is... Uh, got a specific role, and that is, it seems like in Daniel chapter 12, that he is protector of his, Israel, but he's a created being. Uh, he is, you know, we sometimes hear about, uh, it's interesting that there are a number of archangels like uh, Gabriel, but Michael, the definite article, it seems to indicate that he is the archangel, uh, the you know, there's chief princes of of different orders of angelic beings. It's a study um, that we could discuss at another time to kind of look into it. But Jesus is the Son of God. He is uh, God incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. He's not a created being. So there are those, one of the characteristics of the cults is, is that they'll deny that Jesus is divine, um, that he is eternal, uh, that he is equal with God, uh, that he is God incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ, and that's what the Jehovah Witnesses do. So, um, you know, the the Bible and biblical evidence does not substantiate that uh, Michael is called, um, you know, or equal to Jesus just because he's the chief priest. It only means that he has authority over other angelic beings and um, not everything that exists. And Jesus of course, has authority over all, all the angels. Uh, Hebrews makes that clear. And he has authority over all creation. He has authority over us. And he is the chief judge. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Michael the archangel is the judge. So they make a false claim. So you, you, you're you right in answering um, the person that you were talking to. And, you know, well, the I real also, key— I also showed her, I said, you know, well, Michael the archangel was used by God to go down and protect Moses' soul when the devil tried to take Moses. Uh, yeah. And Michael the Archangel did go down there and, you know, save uh, Moses' soul. And then, uh, yeah. you know, he's a messenger. I said, that's what he, that's what he is. He's got a yeah. messenger, said, but he's not Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you're quoting from uh, Jude, that little book before the book of Revelation, that it tells us that Michael the Archangel um, would contend with uh, Satan over the body of Moses, uh, which is interesting to me, and could it be the reason that they were doing that? Because Moses is going to be one of the two witnesses in the Book of Revelation. Also, that Michael the Archangel uh, had, a, you know, uh, that heavenly scene, that battle with Satan and and uh, the fallen angels there in heaven in Revelation chapter twelve. But Michael is the highest of the angels in order of created beings. He is one of the angels. He's not the creator of the angels, as the Bible says that Jesus is. And you can, you know, talk to this individual, you can quote to them, Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, for by him, that is Jesus, all things in heaven and on earth 
were created, things visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers and powers, that includes angels, all things have been created through him and for him. So he's the creator. He's not the created. And that's where we know that the Jehovah Witnesses are very, very wrong. And anyone who takes away the eternal uh, qualities of Jesus, characteristics of Jesus, and um, you know, denies his divinity, um, you know that they're speaking of the wrong Jesus. So very good in, in uh, pointing that out to them. Thank you very much, Pastor Lewis, and God bless you, sir. Thank you for your help. You bet, Joe. God bless you. Good to talk to you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I believe we got all open lines right now, and so 720-336-0897. Here's the, one of the things that I want to encourage you in, and, and we're kind of talking about it before we took this phone call, but as soon as the phones start ringing, we'll go back to the phone lines, but I do want to make the point of there are so many people that um, not only are they involved in uh, believing in false um, doctrine and a false Jesus, but uh, what we see all around us is people who uh, really are, um, you know, ones that don't believe in God, or uh, they just uh, have different uh, things that they say about God that's not true because they heard it or whatever, friends, or because that is what culture and society is saying. We are to give them answers, and we do have the answers, and that's why it's very important that we be students of the Word of God, and and I pray for all of us, and it's for me and it's for you that are listening, that we are to be studying the Scriptures. We are to continue in the Scriptures. It was Paul the Apostle that would say that the last days are going to be perilous times, and uh, you, you've heard that verse before. You've heard me speak of it, and these are very perilous times for different reasons. And he goes on to say the reason that it's going to be perilous times is because men will be lovers of self, pleasure, fierce. Uh, matter of fact, that word perilous, that in the last days will be perilous times, is the same word that Matthew uses to describe the demoniacs there in the Gadarenes that Jesus, when he went over to that side of the Sea of Galilee. And, and that's what I believe we're seeing a lot today. I think that the things that we see, that there's you know a lot of demonic activity that is there, uh, we see the fierceness. We see um, those things taking place. I mean, the mass shootings, um, the shooting that we saw in Texas at that school, it, it breaks my heart. It breaks your heart. And uh, as we since then uh, have seen uh, more shootings that have taken place in Oklahoma, and we need to be praying for our nation. And we have answers uh, for the things that we see around us to point people to the truth of Jesus Christ and to the gospel message. That is the hope of our nation. So if you'd like to talk about it, you know, or ask questions, give me a call because we've got all open lines. And I know it's summertime and many of you are out and about, but give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line, 720-336-0897 is the text that we have. And uh, one text questions, and we'll go to the text line is how can a person keep from being discouraged and down all the time? And I think that as we see the things going on around us, that we can be discouraged. We can get down. We can think that uh, where is everything going? This uh, It seems like the world's at a boiling point, that so much is going on with not only the economy, but 
Uh, also, what we see uh, economically, socially, what we see morally in our nation around the world, it, it just seems like things are falling apart. But really, that God is still working. And the way to keep from being discouraged is you continue in the Scriptures. You continue to seek the Lord. Get with a body of believers, that, that a church that you can be edified and encouraged. As I said, you know, I was talking to, um, uh, um, you know, somebody today, just right before the show, and I, I was telling them how wonderful it was just to see the body of Christ coming together, as I was saying at the top of the show, and to get involved in the work of the Lord, because it's a work that uh, is so important today. And what we do for Christ, that's what's going to last. But God has something for you to do. He wants to use you. And the way to keep from being discouraged is be a man or woman of prayer, be a man or woman of the Word, and be a man or woman that is seeking to please God with their lives and where He has placed you and opportunities that He's given to you, and to serve others. Uh, One of the things that I think about um, when it comes to discouragement and being depressed is the story of Elijah. Elijah had great victory then, there on Mount Carmel, as you read uh, about him in First Kings. And he called down fire from heaven. Uh, he he uh, would have great victory in doing away with the prophets of Baal. And then he gets threatened. He gets threatened by Jezebel, the queen, that, that she was going to come after him. He runs all the way down to the mountain of God. He's there, um, and he, the Lord says, Elijah, why are you here? Why are you here in this this place, um, this uh, cave here? And Elijah's saying, there's no one left. There's no one left, and and God, it seems like it's over, and, and things are so bad. And it was a time when things were really bad in the nation. And the Lord said, I got things for you to do. Elijah, I want you to go and anoint Elijah, and and he did. The Lord had things for him to do. God is still on the throne. He is still working. He's in control. He is going to establish his kingdom. This is all headed to um, a wonderful, glorious future for us as Christians, and he has something for you to do, and he wants to use you. And so uh, the way to keep from being discouraged, the way to keep from feeling hopeless is to continue in prayer, continue in the Word of God, and to look for the Lord to just use you in a very wonderful and powerful way. All open lines, folks, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. And love to talk to you and encourage you in any way that we can. Pray for you if you got a prayer request. I'm sure that some of you, that you, you need prayer. We're going to go back to the text uh, line and um, it says, "Why were the Israelites always taking land?" Um, and then speaking about war in the Old Testament, they were told to take the land, and God gave them a commandment to do that. When you go in, the Canaanites, God had dealt with the Canaanites as you read the Book of Genesis for four hundred years. Um, he said, "Abraham, that my people are going to be in the bondage of Egypt for." four generations or 400 years uh, until I deal with the iniquity of the Canaanites. And they they refused to turn to the Lord. They had opportunity. I think about how um, when they first came into the promised land, they came to Jericho and Rahab, the harlot, she said to the spies that she had, 
that God has given you the land. We know that he has because of what he did to the Egyptians. And Rahab, by faith, was saved. She's in the you know chapter of the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, and she knew that, that God was real. And he would say, Moses, to Pharaoh, let my people go. And God said that I am going to bring Pharaoh down. I'm going to release the children of Israel out of his hands so the nations may know that I am the Lord, but yet they refuse to turn to the Lord. And, and that's something that we don't always think about. Even in First Samuel chapter 4, 400 years after they came into the promised land, that we see that they captured the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines did, and so the children of Israel went to get the Ark of the Covenant there in Shiloh, and they came out, and there was a great shout, and the Philistines said, oh no, God has come into the camp. He's the one that drowned the Egyptians. That's 400 years after that. They knew of the power of God and the reality of God, but yet they refused to turn to the Lord. So th- God had uh, been testifying of his truth and his reality through the nation of Israel, and they refused to turn from their their sin. They refused to turn from their uh, false witness and immorality, and the children of Israel end up falling into that sin later on in their history as you go through the Old Testament. And you see that, and you see that um, God dealt with them as well. So God will deal with sin, and we know that um, that that's what is placed before us, and it isn't always easy to read in the Old Testament, but that's what's recorded for us. Got two open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Joanne in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Hi, it's me again. Um, I am a new believer, baby Christian, and I, I always hear a relationship with God, and then I, I, I think, okay, is it like, you know, he's, it's like you would a friend, of course, but they're there, and he's not. He just acts, he just like talk, and he, or is it prayer, or is it both? It's you know to have a relationship, and that's really what is so wonderful, Joanne, about being a Christian is that we. It's not about just being religious. It isn't in um, believing in a God that's so distant, and uh, if we just keep these rules or we're good enough or worthy enough, then he will love us, or then we can have some kind of communication with him or be worthy of him. Uh, We will never be worthy of him. And we can have relationship with the true and living God through Jesus Christ, who went to the cross and died for us. He's our mediator. And that's the wonderful thing, as I said, about being a Christian, is we have relationship with him. It's not just about religion, but we have actual relationship. And even as Paul would write in Romans chapter 8, that we don't have the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption where we can cry out, Abba, Father. And that word Abba literally means Papa. Um, that we, We're the only ones that can truly say that to the Lord, that you're my Papa. We have relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. And that does mean, as you mentioned, that we talk to him, we can go to him. He invites us to pray. He invites us to know him. He invites us to to have that loving relationship with him and that relationship to grow. And we do that through the Word of God. We through that do that through prayer. We do that through the work of the Spirit as God dwells in our hearts. And it's a very wonderful thing, Joanne, to know as a Christian 
that it's about relationship with him and that we are his child and we are in his hands. He'll never let us go. He loves us. There's nothing that will separate us from the love of God. And I would encourage you to to read Romans chapter 8 because Romans chapter 8 just is such a glorious chapter that begins to tell us how we are adopted by him. We are his child. There's, um, you know, the relationship that we have with him. There's nothing that will separate our love from him. And and uh, so that's what we get to enjoy, this loving relationship with the Lord. Nothing will separate us from the love of Christ, tribulation, distress, persecution. Yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he, he just he begins to give this wonderful, wonderful uh, truth to give to us, to establish us in a close relationship with the Lord. And it is relationship that we get to talk with him. We get to learn of him. We get to enjoy him. We get to walk with him. We get to be used of him. He speaks to our hearts through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. As we read his word, it's a glorious, glorious thing. And that's my prayer for you, Joanne, is that you would just grow in his grace and in his love to know him more. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. In fact, I I, told, I believe, I don't want to put a ping out for a book, but I hope it's okay. Uh, relationship over religion, because I, I, I it's, it's like you got all these religions, and it's like the only one you hear in the Bible is Christian. So to me, that is what it is, whether it be a religion or, or a Jesus follower, and that's what we're called. But relationship over religion is the way I feel. Yeah, and here's the thing. Jesus went to the cross because of his love for us, and always remember that. And he didn't have to, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God didn't have to do that. He didn't leave us without any hope. And God reaches down to us. It's not us. Every other religion is us trying to reach up to God. We can never reach God. It is God that reached down to us through his Son, Jesus Christ, and proved his love for us that while we are yet sinners, that's Romans 5, Christ died for us. Stay in the love of Christ, enjoy him, grow in his love, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what makes you know Christianity so unique. And what makes Christianity unique is there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. No other religious leader died for you or for me. No other religious leader rose from the grave. They're all in their graves and they're all, um, you know, just, um, there's, they didn't conquer sin and death. And Jesus proved he's the Son of God. So, um, anyhow, relationship over religion, it's a paper book you can get uh, if that's what you uh, are referring to. Yeah, it's good. But, yeah, so good. Hey, can I pray for you while I got you on the Thank line? Thank before you. Before we go to I pray for Joanne and as she calls from Arkansas, Lord, I thank you that she's listening. And um, I just pray that you help her to grow in the grace and love of Jesus Christ, that you would just bless her. And Lord, um, that all of us would understand this, that it isn't religion that saved us. It's Jesus that saved us. And we get to have a relationship with this personal God who loves us so much, who sent his son to die for us. To grow in his grace and love is something that we get to experience 
on a daily basis, being conforming to the image of Jesus. Bless Joanne, her summer, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. You bet. God bless you. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897 is the text line. We're getting ready to go to break. We got all open lines. Grab one of those open lines. Love to just um, talk with you, pray with you, uh, send a text. Uh, On the other side of the break, we're going to pick it back up. You hear the music. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you here on this this day in June where we're starting to see some storms form here on, along the Front Range. I'm looking out the window and it looks like a thunderstorm. Hopefully it won't get lightning that's too bad. So just be careful. If you got those storms that are starting to move over you, just be careful and uh, love to um, just talk with you. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. we got all open lines right now. love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, answer your questions the best I can, take you to the Word of God, to pray with you, encourage you any way that I can. The text line is 720336 0897 is the text line, so give me a text as we have time to do that. I just want to let you know that here at Calvary Greeley, not only are we having our Vacation Bible School this week, and it's not too late to join if you're in the Greeley area, Island Grove Park, 930, tomorrow and Wednesday, as the kids are learning from Psalm 139, wonderfully and fearfully made by God, and that is the truth that we need to give to them. Uh, and they are not getting it from the world. I was reading to the volunteers and to the staff this morning as we were out at the park, and I kind of touched on it uh, at the beginning of the show, but I want to read it to you. It's a familiar portion of Scripture, that they brought the little children to Jesus that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. And it's the only time, really, that we see that Jesus was greatly um, displeased with his disciples. He he didn't get displeased with them when they asked how to be the greatest, when they were arguing who's the greatest in the kingdom. He actually answered them. This is how you become great. You become the servant of all. He actually used the little child as an illustration to be great in the kingdom of God, to have faith as a child, uh, to receive a child is to be great in the kingdom. So Jesus had an elevated uh, um, you know, love and and thought for children and uh, how important they are uh, to uh, the Lord and to the Father. Uh, and he says here um, that as they were forbidding the parents, and we know from the other synoptic gospels that it was the parents bringing the children, 
and he was greatly displeased. He wasn't greatly displeased when they asked how to pray. He wasn't greatly displeased when they even had a lack of faith. He would say, you have little faith. But here's the one time where he was really upset with them, uh, when they were forbidding the children to come to him. We don't want to forbid the children to come to us, our own children, our grandchildren, um, in the church. We want to give them the truth of God's Word. And I have such a um, desire to do that. We have a wonderful, wonderful children's ministry uh, where teachers are teaching the kids the truth of God's Word, the gospel message. We're teaching them this week that God created them, loves them, fearfully and wonderfully made them, uh, thinks of them constantly, has a plan for them, wants to save them, we need to give them the truth because what the world is giving them, the world is forbidding the children to come to him. The world's come along saying, there's no God that created you. The world's come along saying, you're not wonderfully and fearfully made. Uh, The world is not giving them truth, telling them that they just evolved in a product of evolution. There is a wonderful God that created them, that knew them before the foundation of the world, We want to give them the truth because they're going to be bombarded by the world of the lies that are out there. And so I feel very strongly about that. And I just want to encourage all of you as parents that you be one, that you give your kids the truth. Be in the scriptures with them. Be praying for them. Uh, In our Daniel study, and on Sunday we're going through the book of Daniel Uh, We are in chapter 7. We started the second half of Daniel's book, which is the prophecies of Daniel. And so I would encourage you, come out and see us. Check it out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, For anyone, you can listen to the the live stream on Sunday mornings. Uh, Check it out. You can see a lot of people have been doing that in this Daniel study. And uh, we're going to continue with the prophecies of Daniel, which are amazing this Sunday, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. But one of the things that we see in the first six chapters of Daniel is we see the person of Daniel and how he was one that had a heart for the Lord. 303-690-3000 is a call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. we got all open lines. And so I'd love to just encourage you, pray with you. Um, maybe you have uh, somebody in the family you want to pray for. Uh, We have the opportunity to be able to do that on this show. But we want to bring our children to Jesus. We want to encourage them. Uh, We want to give them truth. It just brings me such joy to be able to minister uh, to our kids in our community and the kids in the church. Such a privilege to be able to do that. On Friday night, uh, my wife and I hosted some young adults, 18 to 25, a whole host of them. Uh, a bunch of them came over. We fed them dinner. Uh, they ate it, us out of house and home, which was just fine with us. But to just encourage them that God wants to use them, has a wonderful plan for them. So we have opportunity to be able to minister to our young people. And as I was mentioning with Daniel Daniel, he, in chapter 1, it sets the stage for a life that was dedicated to the Lord because he had purpose in his heart not to defile himself. And he had a home. He he had parents that obviously prayed for him, got him grounded in the Word of God, talked to him about the things of the Lord, and Babylon comes along and takes him away captive. 
Babylon comes along when he's only 14, 15 years of age and takes him away to make him a eunuch to be trained in the affairs of the Babylonian government, never to see his family again, never to see his homeland again, you know, never to have an inheritance, which was so important in ancient Israel. But he determined not to defile himself. And because he stood for the Lord, the Lord would show himself strong on behalf of Daniel and use Daniel in a mighty way. Babylon is trying to take our kids away captive, and we need to be praying for them, giving them truth. Give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the calling number. we got all open lines. Love to hear from you. And text line is 720-336-0897. There's somebody that says, Pastor, can you give a quick definition of the gospel kingdom? or the kingdom gospel. I'm not quite sure uh, what is uh, meant by that. We know that gospel just simply means good news. And when Jesus began his three-year ministry, he preached the kingdom of God is near. And um, he uh, would uh, say the kingdom of God is near. And the gospel of the kingdom is the good news message of repentance and redemption and restoration offered by God and all who will receive Christ um, to be part of the eternal kingdom. Uh, And we know that as we turn to him, uh, is there's freedom from our slavery to sin as we repent and turn to God. That's the message that we have, the good news of the gospel. And we can belong to a kingdom that will be established forever. And God doesn't require these impossible standards for us, but because uh, Jesus came and died for us, we are saved by our faith in him, by grace, the unmerited favor of God. And then he makes us a new creation in him. And I love that. We identify with Christ. Will you always remember our identity is in Christ and being a new creation in Christ. As we come to him, old things have passed away. All things become new is what we are told in the scriptures. And we are citizens of heaven. We're free from the bondage of this world. And we've been brought out of the darkness into his marvelous lights. And the wonderful thing about being a Christian is, and we've been talking about it, uh, one of the callers called in uh, earlier, uh, and we uh, were um, having that discussion that uh, as, um, you know, uh, is it religion or is it relationship? It's having a relationship with the true and living God through Jesus Christ and Christ dwelling in our hearts and doing that work in us and conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to the text line 720-336-0897. Love to be able to just talk with you, pray with you about the things of the Lord. And uh, so give me a call and uh, we will do that. Um, We will talk about the things of God. Um, let's go to the text line again, and let's see what we have before us here in the text line. Let me pull it up here. And somebody's asking for prayer, very ill from food intolerance for a couple years and not able to secure um, the extremely limited food safe for me. So, Father, we do ask. We ask that you would just bring healing to this individual that has food intolerance for a couple years, not able to really get the limited food um, that is safe for this individual 
We ask that you would touch, uh, that you would bless, that you would bring healing, and that you would, Lord, um, just minister uh, to this individual um, to get them at least the foods that they need or just to help them be able to tolerate more food as you bring healing to them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Melissa in Tennessee. Melissa? Yes, I'm here. You're on Calvary Live. Thank you for calling. Hi, I have a question about, I'm about to be baptized, and um, I was wondering what's the formula to be baptized. I mean, if you say Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, it's not really putting any names out there, and anybody can be a father and anybody can be a son. And then over in Acts, it just says, when it's talking about the day of Pentecost, and it goes on and talks about be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and it doesn't even say anything about the, the Father or the Holy Ghost. I was wondering which way am I supposed to be baptized? How, how well, is it to be said? Yeah, and, you know, Jesus, I think he, as you read the end of the book of Matthew, that uh, he gives the Great Commission, and I'm going to read it to you. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So there we're told and, um, to you know, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity that we have listed there. We just got through doing a baptism, Melissa, and I baptized about 20 people in the backyard of the church. We just had a baptismal, uh, and from those who were in their 70s to those who were kids, the teenagers. And it was just a glorious time. But when I baptize people, I baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the the important thing is, the, the you know, people ask, you know, what's the requirement for baptism? You, you were asking about more the formula, uh, I think it's given to us in Matthew chapter 28. But the requirement is because some people ask, well, do I need to join the church? Do I need to take classes? Do I need to be a good person? Whatever. I think we see in Acts chapter 8 that as Philip was ministering to the eunuch, and I like to make reference to that, is that uh, as he goes and he's teaching the eunuch about Psalm 53, that it speaks of Jesus. And I'm going to read it to you from Acts chapter 8, verse 36. As they went down to the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he baptized them there. Sometimes people will call and they will say that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Baptism is something that the Lord has um, told us to be baptized. Uh, We see it in the book of Acts, of course. I think you made reference, Acts chapter 2, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, uh, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 8. We see Acts chapter 10. They are told to be baptized in the name of the Lord. But here's the thing. Baptism is identifying with Christ as 
we know from Romans chapter 6, going under the water, um, the old man, the old woman is dead, um, and then coming out of the water, and we come up identifying with Christ in this newness of life, in this resurrected life. Baptism is not done in order to be saved. Baptism is a declaration that I am saved, and it's a public declaration that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So I think it's important for us to understand the requirement of baptism is to be a believer. That's why here at our church we don't do infant baptism, because uh, an infant can't make that decision. But what we will do is we will follow the um, what we see with uh, what they did with Jesus in Luke chapter 2, is he was dedicated to the Lord uh, at the house of the Lord. So we will do dedications for uh, toddlers, for babies, but when that person is old enough to receive Christ and make that decision, then it's a declaration that I am a follower of Christ. So I kind of went into it a little bit more than what you're asking, Melissa, but I want people to understand it because there are those who will come along and say, you have to be baptized in order to be saved, and that is not scriptural. Uh, There's nothing that we can do in order to be saved. Uh, Jesus Christ paid it all, and it is faith in Christ. Um, It is faith alone. It is Christ alone that brings salvation. Okay? Okay, so it says the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So Father's not his name, and and the Son is not his name. Shouldn't we just use their name? The name of the Father, shouldn't we just say their names? You know what, Melissa, I wouldn't make it any more difficult than what Jesus said. He said, go and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I think that as we do that, you know, Jesus, he called the Father, Father. Um, He said, when you pray, pray in this way, you know, Father who art in heaven. He's our Father, and then the Son and then the Holy Spirit. So, you know, that is the Trinity. So I wouldn't make it more difficult than what, what is being said there. The baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is what Jesus said. Okay. Um, should it be like flowing water or a pool of water? I, I was told not to give baptized in a pool of water because it's stagnant and everybody else done got in it. Uh, you know, it's getting into... when I, You know, I was reading to you from uh, Acts chapter 8. Where they were was down in the Gaza. And I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but down in the Gaza is desert. There's no flowing water. It's, it's probably just some standing water that was there. But, you know, you begin to split hairs. Um, you can go to the Jordan River, and the Jordan River is dirty. Um, when you go down to that area where Jesus was baptized, it's brown water. It's not whether it's stagnant water. It's not whether it's dirty water, clear water. Um, it, it's water baptism, being immersed in water, and and that's baptism. And and here's the thing to remember, Melissa, is you can split hair, hairs on, is it this water, you know, is it the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or is it the Lord Jesus Christ? I think the Scripture gives us guidelines that are important to us, but it's the heart of that individual that's coming out to the waters and saying, listen, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm making that declaration. It's not always just about formulas. It's about the heart. You, you know, I remember one time there was somebody that we baptized. His his name was Buzzy. 
and he had special needs. He loved the Lord. He understood the gospel, and um, he wanted to get baptized, but he was so fearful of water. He was terrified of water. Something that happened when he was a small kid, he didn't want to get into a pool. He didn't want to be immersed. So what we did is we had some of the elders gather around him, and you know, it was by the pool. He had his feet in the water, and we we took some water and we just poured it on his head, and he was okay. He was even nervous about that, but I believe God honored that. Um, it wasn't just about a formula that, oh, sorry, Buzzy, you can't be baptized because you're terrified of water. He wanted to be baptized so badly. He wanted to make that declaration, and I believe God honored it. So it's the heart of wanting to make that declaration of being baptized you know, in water. We submerge our people. We, we put them under the water because that symbolizes, again, being buried with Christ, the old man, the old woman. Um, my sins are buried, uh, and then coming up out of the water in that newness of life. And, and that's what we see in the scriptures, and that's the way the eunuch was. But um, you know, the heart is what's important. And I always remind the people of that, Melissa, because here's the thing, that that you can be baptized, but if your heart really isn't into it, you're just getting wet. That's all you're doing. You're just getting wet. And, you, you know, whether it's baptism, when you take a communion, whether you worship, you know, where's the heart? And that's what's important to the Lord. So always remember that, okay? You know, and that's another topic that, you know, we can talk about is the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. When you become a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you. Um, It isn't by baptism. Uh, We see that some cases that they were baptized uh, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Sometimes they weren't being baptized. Uh, sometimes there was prayer given for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it just came upon them. You know, when Peter was at Cornelius' house there in Acts chapter 10, he's still given the gospel, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And and so the coming upon of the Holy Spirit is not dependent upon baptism, but I believe that, as Jesus said, that if you, being a father, if your son asks for bread, you don't give him a stone, how much more— your Heavenly Father, who is good, will give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask. And just receiving in faith, that's the way that I've best understood it, that you know the Holy Spirit is in us as believers, and there's the coming upon the epi of the Holy Spirit to empower us, as Acts chapter 1 declares to us, to give us the power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, the empowering, the epi, the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, and just asking, Lord, I need your empowering. I need to, whether you call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whether you want to call it the the filling of the Holy Spirit, uh, I need more of you, Lord. I need the empowering of the Holy Spirit in my life, and just receive it by faith, and um, and to know that God wants to fill us and to empower us to be his witness. Okay? Okay. I don't know if Melissa's still there. 303-690-3000, still got some time. 
um, in the show. Text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Baptism, the the coming upon of the Holy Spirit, you know, all those topics that we can talk about and good Bible studies to be looking into uh, as you do your own Bible study going through the book of Acts. So let's go to the text line. Um, pray for our son uh, and Levi, and he is in jail suffering deep depression. Lord, we just do ask that you would just, um, Lord, touch the heart of this one. Uh, Levi, who may be incarcerated, we don't know what he did, but Lord, we know that uh, being in jail, he's not at a place where you can't reach him. You can. And so he, uh, we just pray uh, as a parent is asking for prayer for their son. And Lord, that you would uh, bring chaplains into his life that are there in the jail, that you would bring the word to him, that you would minister to his heart, bring him out of the depression, speak to him to know that you will not give up on him and that your love remains with him. And Lord, minister to him and lift him up. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So all open lines, 303-690-3000. The call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. Somebody text in. I'm just kind of reading the text lines. Um is that um, asking for prayer uh, as they're getting ready to take a trip, a long trip across the country. Father, for this family that is going to be traveling with small kids as they head out to see family in the East Coast, I pray that you would bless them, be with them, guide them, uh, keep them safe, just uh, and help them enjoy themselves as a family that is traveling and uh, give them travel mercies, bless their time with uh, who they're going to see, other family members, and bring them back safely. And we pray for all those who are traveling right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, we are in that season um, as we're getting ready to close the show. Uh, a couple of quick reminders that, uh, particularly those Radio by Grace, uh, those of you who are listening from all over the country, Many people come out to Colorado for the summer season, come to Rocky Mountain National Park, uh, to come to the mountains. Uh, when you are up in the park, you see licensed plates from people from all over the country, from all the different states. And I just want to encourage you and invite you that if you're coming to Rocky Mountain National Park uh, this summer to, to see the mountains, they're beautiful. And uh, it, and it's just gorgeous. We're so blessed to live in this beautiful state. But on the way is Greeley. And I'd love for you to stop by and visit us and to say hello um, and to let us know that you're listening to Calvary Live. You're blessed by the program. Uh, so be sure to do that. Also, uh, for those of you here in Colorado and in southern Wyoming, that later on in the month is the Greeley Stampede. Love to have you come by and visit us. Uh, as hundreds of thousands of people actually come to the Greeley Stampede uh, for, you know, the carnival, the different shows, uh, the rodeo, all these different things. Love for you to stop by and say hello as you come by Greeley. It's been a couple years since, uh, you know, the Greeley Stampede in in full scale. I believe it was last year that they opened up. Uh, but as people are getting back to doing summer activities, 
love to have you come by say hello to us visit us and and um and if you're on vacation also as you are traveling here as you're going up in the mountains remember this that grace fm has a powerful signal you can pick up grace fm in estes park in some of the parts of rocky mountain national park you can pick up grace fm in uh, red feathers you can pick up grace fm in in west of boulder uh, you can pick up Grace FM in the snowy mountains west of Laramie in Wyoming. What I'm saying is, is that you can continue to be blessed by good Bible teaching and uh, by the worship and the Word uh, and take with you just the encouragement of Christian radio and take the Lord with you. Uh, one of the things about summertime, we can get away, go camping, uh, go fishing, Uh, Get away on vacation. It's a time to rest and relax. But you can also, um, you know, just be encouraged in the things of the Lord. Take the Lord with you and and take your Bible with you. And in those times where you're away in the quiet times of the mountains, that you can read the Word of God and and just be encouraged in the things of the Lord. We will be here. Uh, Grace FM will be here to bless you in every way. And so grateful to be a part of your lives uh, here on Grace FM in every way and to uh, bless you with Calvary Life. So I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, at the same time. So give me a call tomorrow as we'll pick up the show again tomorrow at the same time. God bless you. Uh, So grateful to be with you. Hey, don't forget that you in the Greeley area, Island Grove Park, 930 for your kids, Vacation Bible School. Love to have them come and uh, be blessed. Have a good evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.